I'm going to do a little audience participation poll this morning. So, uh, would you guys mind bring the house lights up for us, please? Thank you. Um, all right, so you're, you're either in one group or the other here. So, yes, I am putting you in a box, okay? It's one box or the other. So, these, these are pairs of things. Um, all right, so planner versus being uh, spontaneous. How many people are planners? How many people like the spontaneous? All right, very good. All right. Um, and then uh, how about uh, the optimist versus the pessimist? Pessimist. Are you usually, how many people are like the glass half full, like you're the optimist? How many people tend to be kind of the pessimist, the glass is half empty, right? I right, see so you're honest, all right? Appreciate that. Um, how about those who are early risers versus night owl? Early risers, all right, night owls, okay, all right, very good. Um, now, the title today is, you know, whiner or worshiper. I'm not going to ask that, okay, but, you know, just think about it, okay. Uh, we're, we're asking the Lord to give us grateful hearts today as we kind of approach Thanksgiving. I thought this is really, um, really relates to our series here uh, when, when God says to seek his face, to draw near to him, because one of the ways we do that is with a thankful heart, all right? So let's go to God in prayer right now, let's, and ask his presence here with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that um, we just have the ability this morning to come together, to be here in this place, to worship you freely, uh, unhindered. And Lord, we are just uh, grateful for what you have given us. And, uh, you know, whatever that is, whether it's just a roof over our head, food and, uh, in our bellies, um, we could go on and on. But, Lord, we know that, recognize that all these things come from your hand. Lord, we want to develop more and more of a grateful heart. And Lord, right now, if we are discouraged, if we're even possibly bitter about something because uh, of the circumstances that we are enduring or have endured, Lord, help us, Father, to, to really be content. Help us to be in a place where we're trusting you and not comparing ourselves with others. And, um, and yes, it's, it's fine, God. We, we know that you're okay with us to you know, acknowledge our grief, our pain, um, to be real with you. But Lord, we also want to uh, be ones who are you know, glorifying you, that um, the praise of you is on our lips all day long. Lord, help us to be in that place if we're not. Lord, we also want to lift up those in our church family, God, right now that are sick, that are really needing your, your healing touch on their bodies. And God, we just pray that you do that. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the, the church family. Lord, and what it is and how you use it, though it's imperfect, we know you use it. And so we uh, lift those folks up. We also just pray, Lord, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas can be a rough time, uh, even as the skit mentioned that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's difficult being around family. And Lord, give us, um, give us grace that we might be gracious to other people, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, um, Nancy DeMoss uh, has written a book, it's called Choosing Gratitude, Choosing Gratitude, and 
I have not read the entire book. I think my wife's come close to finishing it, but she had it at her house, and I started flipping through it. I thought, man, this is good stuff. Uh, she's a godly woman. Uh, she uh, does women's Bible studies and writes a lot of books, if you've not heard her. Her name is now is Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. She's married. Um, and so, but she's written this book called Choosing uh, Gratitude. And she says that at any moment as believers, we are either whiners or worshipers. Uh, and I think she's right on there, right? I mean, uh, and, and some of what I'm sharing today is, is from her book, just insights from Scripture that I thought were really good. And I'm just like, man, this really nailed me. This is good stuff. So, so I'll be sharing some of that stuff. One of the things is this, is let's, we need to know what we're talking about, right? When we say gratitude, when we say thankfulness, right? Let's, let's kind of define some terms here. And in her book, she says Christian gratitude involves recognizing the many benefits we've received from God and others, including those blessings that may come disguised as problems and difficulties, right? So it, it's the good and the, the bad, right? Is recognizing that there are, God is still in those times, there are still blessings there, and we can have an attitude of gratitude. She also says that Christian gratitude involves acknowledging God as the ultimate giver of every good gift, right? And so recognizing you, we mentioned this in the series that we're doing right now before that, we want to be after the giver, not necessarily what he can do for us. But gratitude is returning thanks to God, right, for what he has done and is doing, uh, even in the difficult trials of life. And lastly, she says, Christian gratitude involves expressing appreciation to God and others for those gifts. So there's an actual expression of it. It's not just like a thought of it, but an expression of it. I thought that was good. It was good to kind of get us focused in on what do we mean when we talk about a thankful heart? Well, um, I want to talk about two things today, really. One is why pursue a thankful heart? And then another aspect is like, what could we do to develop a thankful heart? So why and what can we do? Okay, so the first thing here why pursue a thankful heart? Um, well, the first thing is, is that it is God's will that we have a thankful heart. <laughs> you know, you, it could be, you could say, well, that's the old, well, because God said so. And it is true, right? Isn't if God is God, he, 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 he lays out the ground rules, right? He, he's on his throne. He's in his proper position. He could ask whatever he wants, right? So, but it is his will. And we get uh, many places in Scripture mentions this, but one is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Um, and this is just one of those, like, covers everything verses, right? Um, give thanks in all circumstances, um, and, and, you know, a lot of times we want to know what God's will is, and we want direction from Him, and, and, and want to know what his, his desire for us would be in a particular situation. Well, in, on this topic, we don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder what His will is. His will is that we give thanks always, right? Um, and so, so, you know, he, he's, lead, he's at least made that much clear to us, is that His will I could tell you today, as a believer, his will for you and for me is just like it says, to give thanks in all circumstances. And I don't know about you, 
but I could use some help with that, okay? Because in all circumstances, I'm not always thankful. So all of us have room for growth if we're honest, right? None of us have arrived in the being grateful category, but uh, it is something that as other things that God puts before us and commands us that we're just to be in pursuit of and to ask God to fill us and help us grow. Nancy, in her book, mentions this letter that she got from an 89-year-old couple. Okay, 89-year-old, I mean, couple. And their names, uh, let me get it here, Dell and Dot. Okay, Dell and Dot. And uh, the last name is Fensenfeld, all right? And they wrote this letter, they, they, and, and, and they, Nancy got it, but they must have sent it to all their friends at Thanksgiving. So it's like a Thanksgiving letter that they sent to, to family and friends. And here's what the letter said, okay? So these are some people that have been around the block a few years. And so they say, my dear friends and coworkers in Christ, this is the day that the Lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it, Psalm 118, 24. And then they say, regardless of our physical status, health, healthy or otherwise, we are to rejoice. Realizing our position in Christ, we can do no less. Taking inventory, we thank him because, and then they list five things. Five things every believer can be thankful for, no matter what your circumstances, okay? Number one. I'm saved. <laughs> That's a big one, right? Uh, right? Uh, just amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Right? I mean, if we, we, we take that for granted sometimes because if you've been a believer a long time, you just kind of realize, you know, God took me out of the muck. He reached down and he saved me. If I'm a believer, uh, I could be thankful that I'm saved. And then they go on to say, we are sanctified, meaning we're set apart for him, for his use. We're sanctified. Third, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Where would we be as believers without the Holy Spirit? God help us. I mean, you know, I mean, really. And he is the God helper, right? The Holy Spirit. And uh, so what a gift that every believer has in the Holy Spirit, that he leads us, he guides us, called the comforter, right? And so uh, that is something to be incredibly thankful for, that God through the Holy Spirit, is living in us, right? I mean, you just, we just, I don't even understand that, but it is true. Um, so we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are secure eternally, right? Once you're in Jesus' hands, right? He says there in John, uh, you know, and, and, that nobody's going to take you out of his hands, and, and, and even, you know, he's got them in the Father's hands, and it's like you've got double, double coverage, there is security in Jesus. Once you have received that gift, God's not going to take it back. The gift of salvation uh, is a one-and-done deal, okay? Hallelujah for that, okay? Um, and then lastly, they mentioned in this letter, it says, we are satisfied. We are satisfied. And then they put this verse next to it, Psalm 103, verse 5, which says, he satisfies our mouth good things. God satisfies our mouth with good things. And so, so then they go on in this letter that they're sending to their friends on Thanksgiving time. It says, we do not need material things, entertainment, 
or stirred up emotional excitement to be glad. In Christ, we have everything we need and want. Although Mrs. Fessenfeld—I cannot say this word—Fessenfeld and I have been frequenting the offices of doctors more than we prefer. We are still glad and rejoice that he has been our sufficiency through aches, pains, and operations. We ask you to join us in obeying his command in everything. Give thanks. What a good letter. What a great reminder. I mean, these folks, like I said, 89-year-old couple, been around the block, seen a few things, and now their bodies are falling apart, right? Um, And so just a great testimony to say um, the Lord calls us to that. He'll enable us to do that. He never asks us to do something that he won't enable us to do. Isn't that great? It's a good thing. All right, so... um, Sometimes, I put this verse in here, Psalm 50, verse 14, because sometimes it is a real challenge to give thanks, right? It's easy to kind of give thanks when things are just, in your mind, going smooth, right? Just as you planned it, right? Uh, but when, you know, when things, the wheels are falling off, right, uh, and all that in your life, it's very challenging. And this verse just reminds me that it is uh, praise in those times is a sacrifice, okay? It's almost like, okay, Lord, it's all yours. Everything that's going on, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I totally trust you with it. And so this verse, Psalm 50, verse 14, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. All right, so it's God's will for us. That's why we should pursue a thankful heart. Secondly, is uh, it is how we can experience the peace of God. Uh, giving thanks and having a grateful heart, a thankful heart, a heart of gratitude is actually a means by which we draw near to God, or excuse me, by which we have peace with God. Now, last week I said prayer was. Uh, which is it, Pastor? Both. Okay? And actually, the verse I used last week has both. Okay? Let's take a look there again. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So it's prayer with thanksgiving, having a thankful heart in my prayer life. We need both of those coupled together to experience the peace of God. All right. The verse goes on, as we read last week, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so our prayer joined with a thankful heart. You ever think about that? You ever put that coupling together? If you haven't, God wants us to see that those two things together equal peace. Thankful heart and prayer together, right? So we need to learn to see the mercies of God even in our pains. Now, that's, a, that's something we could pray about, right? God, I don't see what I'm going through here. I don't feel like this is something I... I have, right now that I'm thankful for, but help me to see your mercies in it. Help me to see you working in it, right? Um, that's what we should do. That's what we God would want us to ask of him. The third thing, why pursue a thankful heart? Well, a thankful heart draws us close to God. 
right? This whole series, this little mini-series about seek my face is about drawing close to God. It's about uh, wanting to be with Him, whether it's time in a quiet time or devotional time, as some people call it, or, or in prayer, or whatever it might be, it's, it's because it's with Him. It's, it's a relationship, right? We, we've always said, you know, um, becoming a Christian is about a relationship. It's not a religion. Religion is a system, in a sense, a, a man-made system to get to God. Well, God reached out to us. Right? He came down to us. He initiated to us right? a relationship all right? with God through Jesus. Okay? And so um, he wants to, he wants, he desires for us to want to spend time with him, just like any other person. Right? Now, so Psalm 22, uh, verse 3 in the ESV says, uh, talks about God. It says, You, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, an alternate translation is, uh, it says that you are holy dwelling in the praises of Israel. Isn't that an interesting way to phrase it? Or, or um, in the, I think the King James says, uh, says something along the lines, he inhabits the praises of his people. You may have heard that rendition before. Uh, and that, those phrases give us a sense that when we are praising God, when we are giving thanks, even in song or whatever, regardless of what's going on around us, it draws us near to God. It's like we're in His presence when that happens. Okay, We're in His presence when that happens. Um, this verse and other verses like it indicate that God lives, in a sense, okay, just in a sense, lives in the praises of his people. So you know what? We ought to be, of all people, praise people, okay? Praising God, right? All day long, um, looking for opportunity to do so. In Psalm 100, verse 4, right? What were the worshipers, worshipers doing as they were getting to enter the gates where they would worship at the temple? It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, Right? So as they're coming in there, their hearts are full uh, of thankfulness to God, and it translates into praise, singing, okay? We don't care, at least I don't, I don't care if you can sing a note. I mean, we might not put you in front of a mic up here, but you should sing your heart out here, okay? Uh, Because it's not about singing to those people around you. It's about that audience of one, as we say, right? That's who we're singing to, right? That's who those words we're singing are going to. It's to him, right? Uh, To the Lord God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. That's what that is. When we offer up um, the, the offering of praise, right? And sometimes it is a sacrifice for us in praise. It blesses his name. And we draw near. We draw near. Sorry, I had that verse there, Psalm 100, verse 4. Next verse, Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come into his presence with whininess. Is Is that in your version, Samuel? That's not in my version either. No, don't come into his presence with whininess. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be real. Did you hear that in my prayer earlier? Okay. 
Um, but what we need to do is, even in the difficult times, we might be praising God with tears. I've been there. Have you been there before? Praising God with tears. Right? Where we are hurting, yet we give our praise to God, and tears might be coming down your face, or your heart is aching. Yeah? But you're praising Him anyway, because when we're praising Him, it's for who He is, and who He is does not change. And actually, when we do that, it actually could put our heart in the right place. Our mouths, can, if we praise God, can put our heart in the right place. Because we're saying truth, we're singing truth, and sometimes in those moments when our heart, you know, it follows after. It might trail. But He deserves our praise. And it says, let us... Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. So you see the connection with God's presence and thanksgiving and praise? So there's something about when we, when we sing, when we worship God, that he inhabits the praises of his people. I don't, it's mysterious. I don't know it. I don't expect, pretend to explain it, but it's true. All right? And that's something I, I just know I... When I'm singing, when I'm uh, throughout the day, when I've got tunes going through my mind that point me to God, it's just, it's, it glorifies God. I know it does. And it helps me to have a more thankful heart. Many more times when I'm in that mindset of singing praise to God and when I've been doing that through the day at different times, right? And then as I go through the day and you hit a little speed bump in your day, you have a better chance of your reflex reaction being thankfulness than you do when you don't, okay? All right, fourth thing here, why pursue a thankful heart? It shows we're being filled with the Spirit, right? It shows we're being filled with the Spirit. Um, The Apostle Paul, he gives the command to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. Right? He says, be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. In fact, let me just read some of the instructions around that uh, real quick. So, book of Ephesians here, chapter 5, verse 18. It says, and do, not get, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That's, that's uh, Ephesians 5.18. Then going on, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and making melody uh, to the Lord with your heart. Isn't that's, a, that's an overflow of being filled with the Spirit, okay? Is that there's a ministering to one another. It could be in song. It could be just in word, uh, like it says there. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right? Uh, but then it says, uh, submitting, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You and I need to be filled with the Spirit to submit to one another, to defer to one another, to love one another, uh, regardless of, the, of, of our opinions on certain things. That takes the oil of the Holy Spirit, okay? The oil of the Holy Spirit. And, and so this is, this is all related to the byproduct of being filled with the Spirit, right? And so we see here... Uh, so worship, like we said in verse 19, is a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, uh, submitting to one another. And then you get into uh, the household relationships, 
wives and husband relationship, uh, verses 22, right? And so on. And then it says, um, and then it gets into the children. And then you go on and you get into chapter, actually it talks about your workplace relationships in 5 through 9. I'm bringing up all these lists of things because the preface of all that is being filled with the Spirit, right? You want to have a great marriage? Learn to be filled with the Spirit, both of you, okay? (laughs) Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes there's a spiritual mismatch, right? Sometimes one person comes to faith in the midst of a marriage. Yeah, that happens, right? Uh, So, you just, uh, as much as it depends upon you, you be filled with the Spirit, right? Um, you'll be a great husband or a wife, right? And so the Lord wants us to be um, have that kind of relationship with our spouse, but it takes being filled with the Spirit, right? Now, there was one thing I left out, and that relates to this right here, our topic of the day. So when you take a look at verse 20, it says, uh, this is again, this is after the command to be filled with the Spirit. It says, giving thanks always and for everything. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, just two verses before, he says, he commands us, you be filled with the Spirit. You let Him control your life. You yield to Him. Okay? You yield to God's will. And when you do that, um, you're able to give thanks always and in everything uh, and for everything. Now, that's pretty amazing. Now, we're not going to say that we're never going to misstep. We're never going to fall or some days we won't. It's, you know, we're human. God knows that. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross, right? Because we're sinners. We miss the mark. But thanks be to God, right, for what he's done uh, for us in Christ Jesus. So. But just think about this. This is evidence that we're being filled with the Spirit when we have a thankful heart. That's the Holy Spirit, okay? That's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Now, these last three things here, how do I work on developing a thankful heart, right? So um, we've we've mentioned here four things about why, uh, but now we're just talking about, well, how are we going to do that? What are some ways? And there's probably a lot of things that we could do. But I would say the first thing is, is when you find yourself and when I find myself not having a thankful heart, being ungrateful and whiny, I need to confess that. I need to repent of that and just stop right there and say, God, my heart is not in a good place. Uh, I confess it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm complaining in my heart, maybe even with my words, um, Lord, I just confess it, and I, I want to turn away from that, and I want to have a grateful heart. You know, and God, I'll tell you what, God's pretty faithful, if we're open to it, to show us things like this, okay? He's pretty faithful. So when you recognize it, just confess it and repent of that. Turn away from it. Okay. The second thing is, uh, oh, by the way, I did have a verse for that that previous point, I didn't put it up there, but uh, Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his transgressions, it's Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. 
whoever confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay? So this is uh, inviting us to live a life of continual confession and repentance. You know, that's the life of a Christian. Yes, Jesus paid it all, for sure. Okay? Nothing we, we can add nothing to what he's done. However, relationally with our Heavenly Father, um, if we have a complaining heart, there's, it's like there's something between us, right? Um, and we need to get that right through this confession and repentant heart, okay? Now, second thing, yield your rights to God. So many times I start to complain or have an ungrateful heart when I feel like I have a right to something that's been violated. Now, yes, we have rights, you know, at least... Uh, in our society. But I'm just saying, you know, in, in, in many other things, we will be disappointed and have a complaining spirit if we start to claim our rights to certain things or for certain outcomes or we start comparing one, uh, each, ourselves with one another and say, well, why isn't my life like their life? Or that's not right or not fair or this or that. We need to... We're, Yield our rights to God. Galatians 2.20 says, this is for believers, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When I think about that verse, I think about that phrase in there where it says, I, it is no longer I who live. You know, when, I, when you become a Christian, it's like, it's not my life anymore. In, that, in a sense, you know, God, he, he, I'm bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am his, and, and he has a, a, a personalized plan for my life, which is going to be different from another person's. And he has a custom curriculum for my life, things that I'm going through that are refining me, all with the same goal as the scripture says, to conform us to the image of Jesus, to make us more like Jesus in our character. Right? So when we realize that and we relinquish our right to, to what we think is a great life, then we can enter into an attitude of thanksgiving. Right? If we're hanging on to these, these, these uh, ideals that we have that are not rooted in God and are not trusting Him, but they're just sometimes, many times, man's idea of success, we're going to be disappointed. We need to, you know, this is, this is one of those times where this particular phrase is appropriate. Let go and let God. You just need to let go of things and put it in God's hands, whatever's going on in your life. doesn't mean that he won't call you to action on something, but maybe you're trying to control it um, is getting in the way. Last thing, count your blessings. Count your blessings, right? Take some time. Think about what you're thankful for in your life, right? We spent some time, we kind of did our Thanksgiving early because that's when the kids could get together here was this last Friday. We were all sitting around the table and we did all go around and we said at least one thing that we were thankful for. And, and you know, you know, if you're having trouble, again, if you're having trouble having a thankful heart, confess and repent your ungratefulness. Yield your rights to God to any certain kind of outcome 
and start thinking about how God is blessing you right now. Okay, Right now, in your situation. I want to read to you something. Uh, how many people know who Fanny Crosby was? Fanny Crosby? Okay. She, she wrote a few hymns. Thousands, by the way. Thousands of hymns. Um, but let me just read uh, this to you. This also comes out of the Choosing Gratitude book. Um, it says here, I'll just read this, this little selection here. It says, the old-time hymn writer Fanny Crosby had that choice to make, meaning a choice to be grateful or bitter, okay, to whine or worship. So she was faced with a choice here before her. Uh, and um, Nancy DeMoss goes on, she says, I'm sure when she learned that her, sighted, her, her sightless world was the result of a doctor's foolish mistake, she was forced to deal with wondering what might have been. Okay, so she was blind from like, I think it was six months of age because a doctor did something to try to help her and it actually backfired and made her blind. Okay, since she was, I think it was um, no, six weeks. It says, the hot compresses her physician had employed to cure her eye infection at six weeks of age had only succeeded in scarring sensitive tissue. His act had rendered her permanently blind. Few of us know what it's like to, uh, not to see. Not being able to describe the color yellow or distinguish a loved one's face in the crowd or navigate a city block or street crossing simply by, by spotting obstacles and watching the traffic. What if even the simplest task of pouring your breakfast cereal or counting change or sorting the laundry required the intently focused attention of your hearing and touch? We forget to be thankful for the blessing of sight. Then she says, yet Fanny Crosby writer of more than 8,000 hymns, enough to fill 15 complete hymnals stacked one on top of the other, enough to cause her publishers to resort to ascribing her multiple pen names to make her output seem more believable. Saw things another way. Can you believe that? We got to give this, nobody's going to believe somebody can write this many hymns, you know? Um, it says here, at eight years of age, she composed this bit of verse Okay, this is, she's eight when she wrote this. A poem not all that mature in grammar, perhaps, but likely the more mature than some of us ever become, even in old age. Here's the verse she wrote when she was eight years old. Oh, what a happy child I am, although I cannot see. I'm resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. So weep or sigh because I'm blind. I cannot, nor I won't. An eight-year-old wrote that. <laughs> My mind is blown. I mean, God's hand was on her life. There is no question about it. It says, imagine being able to say, as Fanny did, I could not have written thousands of hymns if I had been hindered by the distractions of seeing all the interesting and beautiful objects that would have been presented to my notice. As she said in her autobiography, it seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life, and I thank him for the dispensation. God help us to be thankful. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you have given us. Forgive us, Lord. We confess our ungratefulness at times. 
Help us to be quick to confess and repent of that. Lord, help us to count our blessings, not just as a saying to say, but to really think about your hand in our life, the daily blessings, the little things, the big things, whatever they might be. Father, help us even just to see the people around us that are a blessing to us that you've placed there. And to even let them know that we're thankful for them. We thank you, Lord, most of all for Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Thank you, God, that as you're doing different things in our lives, arranging all kinds of things for us that we might grow into his likeness, let us be those who yield our rights to him. In Jesus' name.